The Straw Hat Book Voyage, a seafaring adventure through One Piece. I'm your Captain Jay. I'm your Captain Jamie. Welcome back, everyone. Yay! Did y'all have a good holiday break? Yeah! Celebrating various holidays? Did you read the One Piece in the very seasonably appropriate story? Oh, yeah. Well, there's some there are some in- very interesting and unplanned parallels between uh, some of the things that happened in this particular book and... What happened a couple weeks ago? Yeah. I.e. Christmas. E. Christmas. Crisis. And it's a new year. Um, and it's a new year. And I'm really excited that we got that old year the fuck out of there. Yeah. But now that we're back, actually. A really exciting thing happened that's real convenient for us. Thanks, Biz. Yeah. There's now the Shonen Jump app. Yeah. This. What sucks is this happened right after we posted our last episode. It's like, ah, oh, dang it. This would have been so great to talk about. It sure on would the have been convenient to tell everyone. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I've been using it. It's it's a little clunky, um, but it sure is convenient to be able to pay like $2 and you can you can read all of One Piece and a bunch of other Shonen Jump stuff. Guess what? I've been reading Haikyuu. <laughs> I'm really excited that when whenever we catch up, you know, in like a year and a half probably, um, I'll be able to continue to catch up. I won't have yeah. to wait for the English translations. It's legal and good. We'll for real be able to read One Piece regularly together. Yeah. So nobody ever has an excuse to call themselves bored ever again because all of Shonen Jump is available on the internet. Also, nobody has any excuse not to join us in reading One Piece. <laughs> Come on, read. It's two, it's two bucks a month. It's two bucks a month. Anyway, that's our commercial for Shonen Jump. Yeah, sure, sure which we were getting paid for that one, but we're not. Wah, wah. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, let's let's talk about the reading for this past month, yeah. I guess. I guess it has been a while since we did an episode. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, and we're boogieing along. We're in volume 16. Yep. Last we left off, we were about to get into some shit with King Wapple. Mm-hmm. He shows up, and right off the bat into volume 16, uh, Luffy and Sanji start an avalanche. <laughs> Good job, guys. I appreciate... Sanji can be a little... When it comes to Nami, Sanji can kind of be a little borderline mm, creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of appreciate how legitimately sweet his, his actions here are as he's trying to get Nami to a doctor... He just, like, sacrifices himself just straight up. It's quite gentlemanly, I suppose. Yeah, like, hey. <laughs> He's gentlemanly when it matters. He he breaks his back, which isn't great, but at least they're able to protect Nami. Now he has got to carry two bodies. Now, great, yeah. Cool, he has to carry two bodies. So Luffy climbing the drum mountain... That's some good stuff right there. Mm-hmm. We don't get to really see Luffy struggle in this way a lot. Like, just, like, physically struggling against a challenge like this that isn't a fight. 
but this climbing this mountain is no joke. Like he almost doesn't make it. And it takes hours. He's climbing for hours. And Oda puts a lot of emphasis on how difficult it is. And what he goes through, too. Like, I mean, like, he starts off, like, just casually. He he casually saves a, a mama bunny before he a goes and bunny, get yeah. into, gets into the thick of it. Like, he, he's just constantly losing them and just trying to keep it together. Yeah, he almost, he almost drops Sanji... And that was, like, you can feel the tension in that moment, too. Like, oh, yeah. shit, what is he gonna do? Like, okay, literally by the teeth. Yeah, I think it's something that, how Oda, like, wants to impress on the audience. Like, yeah, climbing this mountain is a feat, even for Luffy. Like, this is, this is something else that he's doing right now. And he pretty much hits his limit, too. Oh, he yeah, He gets absolutely. up there, he gets to the top, and he immediately passes out. yeah. I think it's a defining moment for Luffy because it really just demonstrates how far he's willing to go for his crew. Mm-hmm. How much he genuinely cares about them. Oh, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back in the town, uh, the rest of the crew kind of pops out of the snow. And there's just a lot of really cute interactions between Vivi, Usopp, and Zoro. And a lot of good, just like a lot of good, genuinely funny art. From Oda. Oh, yeah. Like, some of these expressions in these doodles are hilarious. Like, Usopp with his face all swollen. He's just a giant mound of flesh. And even before that, Vivi's, like, dragging him by the nose. <laughs> and, and, and I didn't way Oda... see that. I didn't see that. His face is literally <laughs> stretching off. And she's pulling him by the nose. <laughs> oh, that's disturbing. It makes me think of, like, in freaking Beetlejuice when they form their faces. <laughs> I hate this. Oh God. This this entire little, like, things were really serious for a minute, and then now we're just getting this kind of, like, moment of, of levity. Because uh, there's just a lot of, like, funny jokes, like, immediately after, one right after another. Mm-hmm. Like, Vivi beating up Usopp to wake him up, and Zoro popping out of the snow <laughs> with wearing only pants. <laughs> this... Fucking doofus. <laughs> His explanation of why he's in the snow is even... Oh, my God. What, a, I know. what an idiot. I literally, like, I when so- I read that, I literally yelled out loud, you fucking idiot. I went for a midwinter swim, and then I saw a fish, and I followed it, because I didn't expect to fish in such cold water, and then I ended up here. I don't know. <laughs> well, all right, Zara. <laughs> um, there's, yeah, th- there's a lot of really funny little moments, but I, I, okay... I love I love when when Oda puts Zoro and Usopp together for humor because they're such opposites and <laughs> like Zoro's too and, dumb to be cowardly. Yeah. <laughs> and and Usopp like at this point Usopp and I just love that Usopp isn't intim like Usopp is scared of everything. Usopp is not scared of Zoro. No. And I, <laughs> I think it says a lot about like their friendship and that like they're obviously their crew members. And obviously Zoro isn't the type to try to intimidate a friend. Like that's not his deal. But just like Zoro asks Usopp for his coat and Usopp's like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> no way you brought this to you on yourself. It, it it feels like a genuine like friend moment too. Yeah, like it's it like this is banter that you like you're like, yeah, I'd have this moment with a friend, like Yeah. 
this all this all culminates with a moment in the village where Zoro has no idea what's going on. He he's bit, he was on the ship. <laughs> he he has oh, Zoro has no idea what's going on. I just want to emphasize that, and he never asks. No. So they show up to the village. They just see a su- bunch of soldiers. He's like, "Oh wait, I recognize these guys attacked us at sea. Are these the bad guys? These are the these bad, are bad guys, guys, right? All right. right? <laughs> and he just starts beating people up because he wants a coat." He has no clue what's going on. And it's like, a, like that that smack. You, you really suck that guy. That, that is an excellent impact drawing from Oda. Mm-hmm. Like, no nonsense. Just like, one hit KO. But uh, back up on top of the mountain. Oh yeah, so then we're, we're meeting Kareha and Chopper more proper. Yeah, more of a, more of a proper introduction. We find out that Chopper is... Not just a reindeer. Ooh. Oh, yeah, and that little awkward little baby. <laughs> Chopper's such an yeah. awkward little doofus. Like, sees Nami and he's, like, hiding the wrong way? <laughs> no, no, honey, you, you, you look with one eye, not <laughs> your whole body. I love how clear it is that Chopper doesn't know how to interact with other people. He doesn't know how to people. He doesn't know how to human. He, like, bounces between uh, emotions really quickly and he doesn't know how to bluff. <laughs> like, when he's when he's saying, oh, you're flattered, he's not going to work on me. He's clearly looking very, very flattered. <laughs> it's just an interesting personality trait that I really enjoy about Chopper. Because he abs- he's a reindeer. He, absol- he has absolutely no reason to know how humans work. But he try. Nami's getting treated by Kreha, and the boys are on the mend as well. We know this because they start chasing poor Chopper around, trying to eat him, because of course. <laughs> like, even Sanji is encouraging Luffy. No, I gotta Just cook him first. Chasing him down. <laughs> Kreha's really cool, too. Like, she's, like, no nonsense, but still so fucking cool. Yeah. And I, I love the way that he draws her, because she's so long- and, like, all of her stances are so powerful and so no-nonsense. Like, she's 100% confident in everything she's doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, there are a few kind of older lady characters that show up in One Piece. I think Kureha is definitely one of the cooler ones. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just a straight-up witch. Like, her face is just a straight-up witch. And then she has, like, the body of, like, a Nami. <laughs> a Nami body type. Um... And and then she's like she wears cool clothes and yeah I love her takes no shit and and like it I I love how he draws her even like her her body language tells it too like the angles oh, yeah. and her poses is just like yeah she's not fucking around as the boys are talking to Kreha and getting to know more about like Chopper and what's going on. Um, uh, I noticed this thing that I really love about uh, how Oda does humor in his comics. Um, and uh, it's the use of, of closure. Um, if anyone's familiar with uh, Scott McCloud's book, Understanding Comics, I'm probably going to talk about it again. Don't worry. Nerd. There's this... <laughs> shut up. <laughs> there's, this, there's this thing called closure in comics, which is basically the thing that happens between panels. And Oda uses this a lot to his advantage with his humor. Like there's just this really great example of Luffy and Sanji are talking to Kureha. There's a panel where Sanji is just, it's just Sanji's head and he's just calling Kureha an old crone. And then in the next panel, he's on the other side of the room on the ground. 
and Kreha's just talking and uh <laughs> and, and Oda does this a lot with comic panels just kind of bouncing really quickly between two things and that's the joke and extremes too yeah and you feel you, it, it, it's a quick way to it's a quick way of like making the joke happen like yeah Kreha punched him for calling her a crone and then she starts talking. Well, it's a great way of, like, cutting down on some of that while still keeping the humor. Because mm-hmm. um, she can just continue to talk without needing to see every panel of, like, her punching him. It's good. It's good art. It's good comicking. <laughs> it it's good Also comic-ing. on the note of good uh, good art, good comicking. Uh, I really love how much attention to detail there is to the backgrounds in this castle specifically. I feel like, like, there's just every room has so much personality and so many details. Like, especially the, the one that Nami is staying in. There's, like, all of these skulls and, like, weird witchy things in there. It feels like the lab of a witch who is also a doctor. Hey, <laughs> It really does. One of my favorite little details from the, the environment is um, Nami has a cold compress on her head. And it's being held up by an axe that is tied to the bedpost. Oh my god. <laughs> that is amazing. Like, You're right. <laughs> Why is that like that? <laughs> it's such a weird, unnecessary detail, but it like it, it fits in so well with the rest of the decor. And kind of it. dangerous. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, but even like even outside of that room, like this castle specifically, like you could tell that they cared about this place. Yeah, it, it's definitely a pet peeve of mine in manga. It, when you look through the pages and ignore the dialogue, it's just floating heads. Mm-hmm. Like all the panels are just floating heads with some screen in the like like uh, screen textures in the background. But One Piece doesn't do that. <laughs> like the whole team of artists, uh, including Oda and all the assistants, they put a lot of love into the environments for, and it really makes. Every place they visit feel like a real place, and I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. I mean, even the, like, Drum Island specifically, like, in a lot of these scenes outside, you see those, like, big mountains, those drum-like mountains that, like, really, like, make that environment. Like, you know where we are. That island has a character to it. Yeah. Then we get this big old flashback. And before the flashback... Oh, right. We get... before the right before the flashback, we get asked this question uh, to Luffy: "Can you heal his heart?" Mm. And it's an interesting question to pose this particular crew, and I think it really sets up because Chopper Chopper is introduced in a really unique way. Like when we first meet Chopper, he is not treated like anything special. He's just a reindeer who's with another character. And then suddenly we find out that there's a lot more about him. Yeah, he's he's kind of awkward with people for reasons. Little buddy's had a hard time. <laughs> so, so with Chopper's Chopper's sad childhood and growing into adulthood, while reading this, I never realized before Chopper is Rudolph. <laughs> I I didn't make that connection, and and there's that parallel we said about the holiday season. Chopper's just straight up Rudolph. Like he's, it's not. He's even... got he's he's Chopper the blue nose reindeer. They wouldn't let him play in their reindeer games. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad, and the thing is, is that it is Rudolph, but it's so much sadder than Rudolph. Right? It's like it's like oh, he had to walk at the back of the pack. 
even as a child, it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's so sad. He never really got accepted either, did he? No, he just doesn't belong anywhere. Oh, uh, how do we say Chopper's dad's name? Oh, shoot. Dr. Hiriluk? Hiriluk. Hiriluk? Hiriluk. Hiriluk? We'll go with, we'll go with Hiriluk. What a character. I think he's, I think he's one of the, he, he's almost like a Belmare. Yeah. Like, he, he gets a lot of attention in the back, in the backstory of this, of this character. And he has a very strong personality and he had a huge impact on, on Chopper. And it's sad. <laughs> yeah, it's another it's another sad story, but yeah. like and, and again, so bittersweet. Cuz Chopper got to have this nice relationship with him and he went out <laughs> so powerfully. Like, yeah. It was so moving. And that was his that was important to him. Yeah. He yeah, he straight up says a man a man Oh, give me a sec, because I'm, I'm going to try not to quote Coco here. When does a man die? When he is forgotten. He's satisfied. He is, he's been chasing, he's been chasing this miracle cure for a while. And it, it isn't until he is able to pass down his research to Chopper and Kreha that he is satisfied to die. And he goes out on his own terms. I think that's very powerful. And his main thing was that he wanted to cure this co- country. Yeah. Like, this sick country that's lost its way. Yeah. And just by the way he went out, like, it's not only Kureha and Chopper. Like, he moved Dalton, too. Yeah, that's true. And that was so he important did. going forward. Yeah. And that's the thing is that as we, we, we also get a flashback from Dalton, um, where we get the kind of thesis of the villains in this situation. Politics is about power, not feelings. And they, they, they resemble every villain we've kind of come up with so far is anything is justifiable so long as you have the power to back it up. And it's something that Every time it runs into Luffy, Luffy shoots it down. Like, it's something that... It, it's the antithesis of, of what Luffy stands for and what, like, our heroes stand for. And it is the thing that they are constantly running into and what they're constantly fighting against. Which is mirrored in the whole, you know, punching the king in the face. Yeah. Which is what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> well, also we get a mention of uh, another certain someone during that conference... This conference was also about a certain revolutionary giving them trouble. Dragon! So they mentioned Dragon very briefly. It's a good example of, um... It's a really good example of Oda, like, sprinkling in these little plot crumbs of, like, bigger things that and are coming up. And it's not heavy-handed. I appreciate how it's, oh, like, no. this stuff... Like, all of it. It's constant, so I'm not, like, oh, this, this huge foreshadowing or that for huge foreshadowing. It's just, like, it's constant it's so constant and so casual this stuff that builds up that a lot of this stuff unless if you reread it you don't know it's there yeah and it's so cool like with his world building and how grand his story is 
it's it is grand and it is subtle. It, you're so focused on the story of these individual characters, and then suddenly something gets like we're just now finding out about the world government as like an entity, and spoilers, but that becomes important later. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, it, it, it's it's so it 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 really is just kind of this very subtle storytelling of it, like a greater grander plot, and it just builds up very slowly and into something big <laughs> all right oh, so we didn't mention the there, there's also the once again we get a character that is just straight up adopted like non-blood family like he calls yeah. chopper his son for me that is one of the biggest like one of the biggest reasons why i love one piece so much is like it is like non-blood family is so central to it like, and to the point that they're non- Like, the crew is the non-blood family. Like, ooh. Yeah. That's what I like about it, that it's like, even though these are, like, found families in their own way, they are just as important as blood family. Like, they are not treated any differently, if not more important. Yeah. Alright, so, boom! Volume 17. Luffy's punching! The fight's beginning! <laughs> And it's getting weird again. This okay. This fight is weird for a lot of reasons, but what like one of the things that strikes me about this is that it feels like Wapple isn't a real threat. Did you get that impression too? Yeah. No. He, he never feels like a true threat. I mean, this fight barely has to involve anyone. Oh yeah. Like, they're not at, like, real, oh no. It isn't, it isn't like the fight with Mr. Three, even, where things get harrowing because they're all trapped and, and, and Luffy is facing a, like a, an enemy that he doesn't know how to fight, really. This one is just like, no, you know from the beginning that Wapple's gonna get punched. (laughs) Like, Like, Wapple is not a threat. And there's there's even the moment where Luffy runs up to Nami's room during the fight, and Nami's like, "Hey, is it getting serious out there?" And he's like, "Nah, I go back to sleep. It's fine." <laughs> I really love this scene where he's turns to has a moment with Chopper, where Chopper's like sees Luffy's rubber powers for the time first time, and he's like, "That's weird." And you know, Sanji like turns to him and with a huge smile and he's like yeah he's a monster (laughs) like in this specific way to just like you know connect with um chopper like he just had this nice connection with him in that moment yeah it was like he was talking to a kid yeah (laughs) exactly but uh back uh but back in the village again yeah so so the fight goes on and then we kind of go back to the village and dalton is okay uh, he gets saved by the 20 doctors and Usopp has another moment. Um, and I love moments with Usopp. Uh, uh, Usopp, uh, this, there's this thing that keeps happening where Usopp will come up with an excuse to be cowardly. Um, and then he'll, uh, observe or remember someone being brave and that will inspire him to be brave. And it turns into a growing moment for him. Okay, so a big thing in this fight is Luffy, the links that Luffy will go to protect that flag as a symbol of faith that was, like, as we learned in the flashback, was very important to Chopper's dad. 
Like, this flag rejects impossibilities. It's the symbol of faith. Yeah, and I think it, I think it goes well with the kind of reoccurring, the kind of reoccurring question of what is piracy? Because a lot of different characters have different opinions on the matter. Uh, We've talked before about how, like, what is piracy in this book? Well, it's not, for the Straw Hats, it's not pillaging. It's not looting. Like, like we would generally just find piracy. It's something completely different. And that is because for Luffy, piracy equals freedom. And, like, freedom in, like, every sense you can think of. Freedom of oppression from tyrants. Freedom to pursue your dreams. Freedom to explore yourself. It is the freedom to chase the impossible. Hero Luck talking about, like, Hero Luck wasn't a pirate. He wasn't a pirate. But piracy meant something to him because of that, that concept of freedom, which is what Luffy upholds and what Luffy understands without even really hearing the story. He doesn't know Hero Luck's story. He doesn't know why this pirate flag is here. But he, he hears it being referred to as a symbol of faith and he understands immediately. He understands that you respect the Jolly Roger. It, it, it's, it, it is... It is a very important moment for Luffy defining piracy for his opponents and for the audience. So that fight was kind of (laughs) anticlimactic. Yeah. So from here, the fight winds down. Like we said, this is a, this is a rare case of where the villain with the, 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 this arc ends or this mini arc ends with a big fight, but it's not that big of a deal like he went out like a weak fart he (laughs) i mean honestly he did like uh, it it, to a point where luffy kind of like we almost no one was involved with this fight it was pretty much just no one was really that harmed like sometimes they these guys end up out of a lot of these battles and tough and just ragged yeah no and and not even, like, at one point, Luffy just kind of stops fighting and just lets Chopper handle it, just because he's kind of interested to see what Chopper does. <laughs> and, 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 and there, there goes Wapple. He goes into that good night. <laughs> Rip. Rip. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we have the villagers and the rest of the crew and Dalton trying to make their way up the mountain. They're ready for much bigger things. And there's this really, like, dramatic moment where he pull like, they're heading up to the mountain and it seems like things are gonna go bad. And so Dalton pulls out a bunch of dynamites implying that he's going to blow himself up. And nothing happens. <laughs> you, you, you don't see the dynamite again at all. <laughs> hey, Dalton, about that part where you were gonna sacrifice yourself heroically... They get up to the top of the mountain. Everything's taken care of. It's done. It's over. Take it easy, buddy. <laughs> you deserved it. <laughs> and not only that, not only that, but the dynamite isn't mentioned again. <laughs> it's just like gone. It's not even joked about, which yeah. would be such an easy joke. It like I I wanted a joke about it. <laughs> it's like I don't remember how you were gonna. Are you still packed with dynamite, my dude? <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's almost like it's almost like Oda forgot to resolve it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I mentioned that earlier, didn't I? Whoops. It definitely feels like an accident. <laughs> like something about that feels a little weird. <laughs> and with that, 
we we reach our farewell. After the fight with Wapple, Luffy convinces Chopper to join the crew. Luffy's screaming, just shut up and come with us. <laughs> and it feels it feels so like definite and it's so very Luffy too. It really is. It's like just just cut the crap and let's go. And like with every single time they pick up a new crew member, there's got to be a teary farewell. And this one is a lot more subtle than some of their past ones. Even Kureha has to, you know, shed a tear. Yeah, and, and it's kind of interesting because she kind of pulls the opposite thing. And where she's like, you gotta stay here. You yeah. gotta stay here and doctor with me. And it's, it's, it's a total, it's just a front. She's not actually gonna make him stay. Yeah, she even chases him off with knives. <laughs> Yeah, Oda Oda really loves his, you know, uh, hard asses with the heart of gold trope. And he uses it a lot, and Kreha definitely falls under that. <laughs> and they have their sixth crew member. Then we get a little bit of Bon Clay and uh, get a big old scene with Croc. Oh, yeah. The thing that I really enjoy about his... This is kind of... This is kind of a real introduction for him. Most of the times we've seen him before, it has been, like, him in shadow and him being very cryptic. This is the first time we really see him as a character. Like, this is, like, his real introduction, I feel like. And it is grand, and I find it so terrifying. Like, it sets him up as a, up as a villain in such a, a, in such a kind of scary way. Because Crocodile has the thing that all One Piece villains have. Where they are willing to kill their underlings and 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 they they abuse their power and they're cruel and it's and they demonstrate this and we've seen all of that from Crocodile we understand that's the type of person he is. However, what separates him from all of the villains we've seen before is in this official introduction to him, uh, he is introduced as a hero of the people. He shows up. Saves a bunch of people from bad guys, and they they have tears of thankfulness. They they really believe that he's a hero. He's a like he's a hero, and it's terrifying. Like I find this, I find this so sinister. Well, like all of the One Piece villains so far have been really like okay, yeah, they're evil. Like everybody, they are loudly evil. They are like there's no hiding it. Like, they're yeah. not even trying to hide it. With Croc, he is sneaky. He is yeah. quiet. Ugh, Crocodile's so good. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and then we're getting to volume 18. Right off the bat, we are introduced to Mr. Tubon Clay, and I'm so glad. We get some, <laughs> they made some friends. They made a friend. It was, it was a buddy. They were having a good time. <laughs> this enemy just stumbles upon their ship. God, I love... Okay, so this guy shows up. He impresses them with his... With his, uh, his tricks uh, and shenanigans. With his tricks and shenanigans and his and his fruit, his devil fruit powers. And they they immediately grow a bond because he, he feels like a kindred spirit. And he has that, like, cheesy, like, one-liner as he leaves about, you know, the depth of friendship. And then he gets on his boat and they call him Mr. Tubon Clay and everyone freaks out. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh oh shit but the interesting Whoops. thing is 
for a ship full of dumbasses, they immediately do something about it. Yes. They're like, oh no, this is bad news, we just totally screwed that up. Like, that's, that's not good, he has our faces now. Yeah. <laughs> they do something about it. A precaution. I find this, I find this interesting because, so... I think it's Vivi and Nami who realize, like, oh no, this is a problem. They We can't trust each other now uh, if, if there's someone out there who can disguise himself as us. Um, and Luffy is the first one to, like, you think so? You think that's going to be a problem? <laughs> <laughs> and Zoro does his thing of, like, wait, I know that sounded stupid, but maybe Luffy has a point. <laughs> Zoro does this occasionally with Luffy, and I, it's, it's hilarious to me every time. But yeah, they, they, they come up with a plan and they have that moment as, as a crew, which I really appreciate. Yeah. So they, they say our left arms will bear the sign of our fellowship. Yeah. And it's no. such a, it's binding them together. Uh, yeah, I and and even like even Vivi has a little moment where she's like, "Oh, me too." Yeah. As soon as they get to Alabasta and they get to port, who do they run into? <laughs> it's time for Big Brother. It's time for Big Brother Ace. He's here. Hello. But yeah, Luffy has. A, it turns out Luffy has a big brother, and he's also a very powerful pirate who is the commander of a very another very powerful pirate. And we, we watch as, so when uh, Luffy mentions that even when uh, he had gum gum powers, but Ace didn't have any fruit powers, that Ace was still always able to beat him. And then we're introduced to Ace, who has a very powerful devil fruit. He's able to defend against a the only kind of devil fruit user we've met so far, who Luffy can't beat. And Luffy admits that he can't fight, because... Because physical attacks don't work on Smoker. So Ace is something else. He shows up and then he kind of just leaves. He's so endearing. Like, even just the little bit of he shows. He's so endearing and, yeah. like, wins the heart of, like, even, like, Luffy's crew. Yeah, he even, he even, he has a little comment of, like, he must cause you guys all sorts of grief. And it's like, aw, Ace. Yeah, like, he, he does. <laughs> You're like, right. That's Big Brother. Yeah. And he cares so a sweet. lot about Luffy. And they're, and they're all super impressed. Yeah, they all like really Zoro, like I love, Ace. I love that Zoro is just like, what an awesome big brother. What a cool, like, the expression on his face is my favorite. What a cool it big is. brother. It's cute. <laughs> it was cute. It was a cute little scene. So uh, then the crew is making their way to Yuba. <laughs> and, it, and it goes great. Everything works out amazingly oh, yeah. and nothing goes wrong. They're just going to go go see those rebels. They're mm. trekking through the desert and it shit goes bad so quick. They do everything wrong. They lose half of their rations right off the bat. They because goofy. Luffy's a doofus. Yeah. And honestly, almost all of it is Luffy's fault. They 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 get to the halfway point. He loses the rest of their water and rations because he gets tricked by a bunch of birds. But then immediately after that, he Luffy runs away. Then he runs back being chased by a dragon. They kill the dragon and, and eat it. But then Luffy eats a freaking cactus that makes him go crazy. <laughs> what I'm saying is Luffy's bad at desert. He's bad at it. Oh my god. It, th- Just... This this desert trip uh, kind of goes bad quick, but 
there's a lot of really cute moments between the crew. They're like really small, but it, it, it it's again, it's fun to watch them kind of being a unit and having some fun moments together. Traveling together. Traveling. There's <laughs> there's the montage where after they find the camel, there's this montage of them trekking through the desert. <laughs> Zoro's just 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 dragging Luffy by the leg through the freaking desert. And it's really beautifully drawn too. Like you really get oh, that yeah. sense of like time passing and yeah. just these little moments. Oda doesn't do that very often. He doesn't do time lapses very often or montages very often, but th- this one is <laughs> this one's really fun and it's really cute. I especially like that like you see one of the last, it's a it's a small detail, but um, one of the last panels you can see the silhouette of Usopp like leaning over and clearly having a rough time. Oh yeah, Zoro standing right next to him, uh, and then in the next panel, Zoro's just carrying him. <laughs> oh, you're right. Like like poor Usopp has just finally had enough and just passed out. Oh, that's really cute. And it is it is really cute. Yeah, so we we get to Yuba. And things are pretty dire. We get a lot of backstory. Yeah. For the kingdom and, like, a little bit for uh, Vivi. We get, to, we get to find out about her little buddy and how good of a king her father is. We also get an even clearer picture. It's something that's been kind of hinted at in the past, but we get an even clearer picture of uh, Vivi and her even as a child accepting responsibility as a as a as royalty and uh, it, it's a complete it's the complete opposite of what what was the deal with Wapple Wapple inherited his his position and just immediately abused his power Vivi is a child and she completely understands what her duty is and her duty is to her people and that's really important to her as a character um it's like her one of her defining traits is that she understands she respects her role. She respects her role. And she understands what her responsibilities are. Um, but. <sighs> but. This kind of comes to a head. After they leave Yuba. Um, they realize that the, the rebels are. They're, they're trying to cut off the rebels. So that they can stop a war. They realize the rebels aren't here and they have to head basically head back the way they came. So we do also have a big scene with Baroque Works and Croc and how shit is about to go down. Yep. And it's interesting because we get a term that we haven't heard in a while from Crocodile. What he's after. What he what the thing that he's actually after. Military might. Military might. Yeah, we heard that before. I, I think this is interesting. Like, again, like, all of Oda's villains, like, shadow each other. They're all, like, it, it feels it, it feels like it should be repetitive. It feels like it should be cliche at this point. But it's like, nope, this is a heavy theme in One Piece. Like, abusers of power are evil. And that's exactly what Crocodile is. With Krieg, military might was defined as purely weaponry and power you can buy with money and just numbers personnel the number of people you can throw at a problem crocodile it's the same thing he's a he's a he's a pirate he wants to he wants to destroy this country so he can build it up in his own image like it's 
it, it is it is just dastardly. It's so diabolical. It, it's so diabolical and evil. It, but oh god. But that's why. That's, yeah, yeah. Crocodile's a very straightforward villain, but he is a very good villain. Yes. All right, and then after that, we return to the crew as they're traveling. And there's a bit of a confrontation. Yeah. Uh, Luffy's like, nah, nah, I'm not about this. Luffy has this moment <laughs> where he sits down and is just... He... <sighs> All right. Is Luffy an idiot part five? <laughs> Let's get into this again. It... Luffy has this moment where he sits down and suddenly he turns his personality off. Like, he's not joking anymore. He's not kidding. He's not acting like a little kid. He just sits down and tells Vivi, no, this isn't going to work. This He gets real. He gets really real with her. And this actually happens a few times in the series where it just seems kind of like Luffy just kind of changes. And that's kind of why I have the question, is Luffy an idiot? Because he has these moments of, like, true dumbness. But he also has his, these moments where it's almost like he... It, that whole thing has been an act, almost. Like even, like, even Sanji says straight up in this scene, sometimes he makes a lot of sense for an idiot. Yeah, exactly. And, and he, and he does, he has a full, he hits her. Like, she punches him and he, he hits her back. It's a real fight. And it's because he thinks she's being naive. She calls him naive, which is, which is significant considering it's Luffy who's saying it. I really do think it's a matter... I, I feel like he's just such a free spirit. He's just going, and he is just free. He is Luffy. He is free-thinking. He's just in the moment. And sometimes he has to slow down and think about the moment when he yeah. has to. And, 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 and uh, like, obviously, ultimately, that's the answer to the question, is Luffy an idiot? No, he's just such a free spirit that this is how he behaves. I just think it's interesting how well Oda's able to turn it on and off without it seeming super jarring. And it doesn't seem out of character, yeah. Yeah. Like, Luffy sitting down and getting serious is... And he even, like, just the way he does it, he, he's not like, look, this isn't gonna work. He's just like, no. He just sits down, he's like, I'm not, I'm not doing no. this, because it's not gonna work this way. It's very him, like, way he... It's a, only a way that Luffy could have approached that situation. Yeah. Okay, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> wrap this up. <laughs> we need to wrap this I up. I do want to say, I do really like how much fun Oda had, specifically in volume 18, drawing animals. And it shows, oh, yeah. and I love it. Because, like, he... He really, he likes drawing animals, and he does a lot in this volume. There's the, the banana crocs, and the the birds, and the weird seal things, and all of, I don't know. I just, I just love his passion for animals, and even, like, the way he draws them is so cute, and, like, you can tell he likes drawing them a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's like Akira Toriyama with vehicles. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like, yeah. oh my god. Yeah, and, like, he, he does a lot of illustrations with animals, too. It's just, he, he has fun with them. <laughs> so that was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. I wasn't expecting us to talk as much as we did about stuff, but a lot of things happened, and a lot of it was very good. 
Ace shows up and all of these meetings with Baroque Works and all of this stuff going down with uh, Alabasta, like, it's it's really popping off real quick, a lot quicker than I was expecting it to. So, uh, for this week's assignment, um, we'll be reading volumes 19 through 21. And just a heads up, uh, our due date is going to be pushed back a week because me and Jamie are going to pack South. We're going to go pack South. We're going to go hang out and we're play VG games. Out. And I'm and... not going to have any time to edit, so <laughs> we're going to need to uh, push the due date a week. Um, so that due date will be Monday, January 28th. And that will also be the date of our next episode. Yay. All right. So if you want to check us out, we are on Twitter, at Straw Hat Voyage. And from our Twitter, you can find the link to our Discord. And whether you're reading along or just a fan of the show, you can come chat with us. Share fan art. Talk about your favorite characters. Your come favorite talk with moments. us. And if you're like, man, they didn't talk about that enough, come talk to us. That's what it's there <laughs> for. Or on Twitter, just talk to us. And we like One Piece. Let's talk about One Piece. Be our friend. We like One Piece. <laughs> But before we go, just a reminder that the intro and outro of our podcast is One Piece Opening 20 Hope Remix by Andrezo Works and Akano, and you can check out more of their amazing anime covers and remixes on YouTube and find a link to download the song in our podcast description. It's a really good song and you should listen to it. It's pretty. It's, it's very pretty. One Piece. The lyrics are very One Piece. You should look them up. <laughs> but until next time. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.